Hello and welcome to the Rams TV podcast. I'm Owen Bradley. Thank you for listening. I should kick off by saying that this isn't a full episode, but more of a little taster of the sort of thing that you can expect from us. Episode one will be along soon. So what are you going to get from us? Uh, You're going to try and take you behind the scenes a little bit at Derby County, maybe introduce you to some people you haven't met before or don't hear from very often. We'll talk to people you do know very well, maybe about some different things. And actually, the initial idea for this uh, sort of came from sitting in the studio on a match day during uh, matches and uh, and chatting to guests, often not specifically about what we were watching, uh, but maybe about football, sport, life, whatever. And I just sort of thought these are really interesting conversations and I'm sure people uh, will be interested in hearing them and and we hope you will be. Uh, So that's what we're going to try and do. Uh, The first few episodes will focus on the cast of characters that you do know from Rams TV. Today we'll give you a taste of some of those interviews. The other thing we're going to try and do is answer some of your questions about Rams TV. If you follow me on Twitter, you'll know I like to engage with fans whenever I can about how we cover things, why we cover things, how we decide what to talk about, what not to talk about, etc, etc. Often I'm not an expert in what I'm talking about, so we'll get other members of the Rams TV team in to answer those questions when we can. Uh, So at Owen Bradley on Twitter is the way to get in touch with those or hashtag AskRamsTV. That's all from me for now, except to say please do all the usual stuff, uh, like, subscribe, leave a review, uh, whatever it is, and I'll leave you with that little taste of what you can expect over the first few episodes. Enjoy. Shane Nicholson, welcome to the Rams TV podcast. Thank you for being our guinea pig and our first guest uh, on the show. Um, how are you doing? All right? Yeah, I'm doing great. I've been called a lot worse than a guinea pig. I'm so sure. I'm, I'm pleased with that. Like what? <laughs> Just a lot worse. <laughs> um, your story is fascinating. And you sat down with uh, with Colin Gibson for Rams TV Meets. And uh, if people want to sort of know your your story in football, that's the place to go mm-hmm. um, and watch that. And, and I'm sure we'll sort of touch on one or two bits of it today. Um but you're a fascinating guy um, and it's been a pleasure and a privilege getting to know you over the last couple of years. And there's all sorts we can talk about from sort of the quite frivolous, but important, like the dog, and we will get to the dog. Oh, and, yes. But there's also things like your faith as well. But I, I wanted to start with how you got into broadcasting because some players, I think, maybe throughout their whole careers, know that they want to get into the media side of it. You, I don't think, were ever quite that way. No, never. Uh, I mean, if you do watch the Ram TV story, I, I, I pick up on it there. One of my biggest fears as a young man growing up was speaking in front of people. I had, my social skills were absolutely awful, terrible. Um, and that's part of the reason why I was left on a football field. If you put me on a football field, I didn't really have to talk to people. Um, so it put me in a room full of people. I couldn't talk to people. I, I, you know, making eye contact, anything. Um, and that's where the drink and the drugs came into my life. So I knew... As soon as I finished playing football, that this was going to keep me prisoner, not being able to speak to people. And I knew that I had to overcome that because there's huge fear. And I did. I was asked to do my first talk at an academy football club. And I think it was Accrington or Blackburn, one of those two. And I remember being completely sick as a dog afterwards. And I went back to the next one and I was sick again for three times running. I was sick, but I thought, just keep going. Just keep trying to do it. Keep trying to, keep trying to persevere. And as I persevered, it became okay comfortable still get very nervous and still get a little bit of anxiety when I do it when, I, when, I, when I'm doing this 
anxiety, sat in my car for five or 10 minutes just to measure myself and get myself gathered. Even today? You yeah, that. even today, yeah. Yeah, I sit in my car for five minutes before I come up, which is very, uh, you know, just to gather my thoughts. I say a little prayer uh, and then I come up and then and then things all. But you guys here make it very easy, I have to say. You and Colin and, and, and the team make it very, very easy. Not very easy, but make it easier. And you've been a great help. So this is, you know, I'm walking into, I'm jumping into a, out of the fire and into the frying pan, basically. But you've made it very, very comfortable for me. And, and you know, I couldn't have asked for anything better. Really. Colin Gibson, welcome to the Rams TV podcast on the hottest day, certainly of my life, but maybe not of yours. And that will be the first of what I will try to make many jokes about the difference in age between the two of us. Um, how are you? All right? Yes, thank you. 34 and a half degrees. Uh, loads to talk about. So much so that I didn't even bother making any notes for today. Um, and I'm almost certain that we'll have to get you back on again as the weeks go on. So this conversation, I think, will bounce around all sorts of topics. But back in the day, you could turn up at the training ground and get who you wanted. Yeah. Talk talk to us about how it used to be. How it used to be, there were no press officers. So it was, I would go along on a Thursday to the training ground at Rainsway. The players, as a group, had been out the night before, because that was their day off, and they'd be training with plastic bags under their kit to sweat out all the alcohol that they'd been consuming the night before. And they were just a great bunch. And I'd go along and stand there and watch them train. And then when they'd finished training, I'd go there with a list in my mind of who I wanted to talk to. And it was, as they came off, I just said, Bobby Davison, can I do a piece with you for Radio Derby? Rob Hindmarch, Ross McLaren, whoever. And they'd either say yes or no. And actually, that's not a bad thing to be turned down because, again, reporters... Sorry, I sound a bit of an old... You know what, these days don't like being turned down, don't like a sports person saying, no, I don't want to talk to you and take offence at it or be hurt by it. Well, you know, they've got a choice. Actually, sometimes they don't have a choice, but then they certainly had a choice. And so it was, yes, I'll do something or no, I won't do something. And I get, a, I tend to get a couple of interviews and go back with those. And then on a Friday, I go to the baseball ground and wait with Gerald Mortimer from the Derby Telegraph and Nigel Gardner, and we'd wait for Arthur to come back. And then at some point we'd walk down and knock on his door and he'd open the door and, uh, yes, uh, Arthur, can we get the squad from you for tomorrow, please? And can we do an interview with you? And he'd go through this ritual. Ah, Shilton, hmm. Sage, and it to take my age to, and he'd trot out the, um, the, the squad and then he'd come down a few minutes later um, and then do the interview with me and Gerald would pop in chip in with his questions and Nigel Gardner and that was it and we'd go back we got the manager's interview funny story Nigel Gardner and I went down once and on the door nothing on the door the door opened a torrent of abuse and he slammed the door don't know what was going on, but it was really funny. And then he came down 10, 15 minutes later and was absolutely fine. Well, Mark, welcome to the podcast. Do you cycle here? That's your big thing, isn't it? I didn't today, actually, even though the weather was glorious here in Derby. been cycling quite a lot, as you know. Going back to the prostate cancer event, that was wonderful. Uh, great occasion, but also just a you know, huge celebration to the people who actually finished the ride and to get that brand awareness out there, that's the most important thing. 
Um, we know how many men get affected each year by this terrible disease, over 11,000 men now. So it was a real clear message to get it out there. Diagnosis early helps save lives and just, uh, you know, like I say, a huge success on the people that finished it. The standard of the riders was all different. Uh, men and women did it, so a huge thank you to them. So, um, yes, the cycling was great. Unfortunately, though, Owen, it rained constantly for two days. Do you miss playing? 100%, I think. Um, what do you miss about it? Well, I think it's just a case of, I mean, if you look at now some of the players who finish, you find it very, very difficult. Because I think um, if you look at, is it Harry's Heroes recently? Uh, I watched this sort of documentary and... I think it, it's just a camaraderie, the day-to-day activity, and it's a very structured lifestyle we leave. You've got to go and train hard, and then, of course, you're preparing to play in front of 20, 30, 40,000 people every weekend. So it's, it's routine, the fitness. How can you buy that occasion when you step out in front of 30,000? Uh, you come here at Pride Park, whether it's home and away, and that winning feeling. I always, always remember a chairman coming into the... Uh, change room after we'd won and and that chairman that you're multi-millionaire but he couldn't buy the feeling that players had that afternoon of winning a game uh, great camaraderie so I think you, you miss that you miss the day-to-day activity the structure because when it does finish there's no in between you know you're not going into train anymore uh, you can go out and maybe cut the lawn and go and play a bit of golf but that novel too soon wears off and I think that's where a lot of players especially now uh, they're getting a bit more help and support really struggle with that and almost lose their identity and, that, and that's a that's a real worry for players who do finish because we massively miss it especially doing it from the age of 16 and, and having almost like a 20-year career it's very difficult to then go into something else I mean if you if you go to get a new an interview for for example and they say well Mark what have you done for the last 20 years well I've been a professional football player so but whatever fundamental skills have you got? It's not as if we're a tradesman. We're not like electrician, plasterer or, or builder. We haven't got any other skills. Probably got some great organisation skills, but that also then affects you and limits you on, on what you can then do regarding an income stream as a job after football. 